Hey, hello everyone and welcome to another episode of WWT Experts. I'm your host, Matthew Koble, and today we'll be talking about high performance architectures with WWT expert, Derek Monahan. Derek has over 20 years of experience across a range of technologies, including networking, mobility, collaboration, infrastructure, and more. And you know, most recently, he's been focused on cloud architectures and high-performance computing environments, all of which are in intended to support artificial intelligence, right? Hot topic of the day. Uh, so we're delighted to have him here. So please welcome Derek Monahan. Derek, good to see you. That's good to Welcome see you. Welcome to Experts. Thanks for coming. Thank you. Appreciate yeah. it. You've been coming in the work lot here at GSQ or working from home? What are you doing? I've been coming to work a lot. It's been a great experience collaborating with some my peers I haven't seen in a while, so it's always yeah. great to come in the office. I know there's a lot of energy and excitement around all things AI right now with, with you and a lot of other our colleagues in the business, which is great. I love it. A lot of excitement. Yes, we're uh, full steam ahead. We're putting assembling a amazing group of talent to help our customers kind of with their initiatives around HPA and AI. Cool. Yeah. Well, so, you know, many folks out there probably have heard about high-performance computing, but we're sort of evolving that to speak about high-performance architecture. And that might be, you know, new for some folks in the audience out there. So, you know, what do we mean by that? What is high-performance architecture and how is that difference from HPC? Yeah, no good question, Matt. I think we look at HPA as a, essentially a framework. We, we don't consider HPA as much infrastructure as we see it as a collection of different technologies that come together that have very specific special requirements and, and um, uh, use cases for the basically the AI workloads that our customers are driving towards. So HPA to us is really, as you mentioned, H high performance computing. We've been doing HPA, to be honest, for a few years now. Yeah. Uh, we just define it as a way that we can combine high-performance computing, AI, ML, looking at the workloads, not just the infrastructure, and then figuring out ways we can tie all these technologies together that meet the characteristics of this next generation AI that we're seeing today. Yeah, so that also then includes, you know, data, it includes networking, includes storage, and those sort of, that, that all would fit into this HPA idea? 100%. So if you break it down, essentially HPA consists of high-performance computing, high-performance networking, or interconnectivity. And what we see interconnectivity as is these are very important aspects of the entire framework. We look at it as an end-to-end -end stack. So if you look at high-performance computing, it's only one piece of the puzzle. Mm -hmm. Without high-performance networking, your AI workloads aren't optimized, aren't performant. And hence, you have uh, issues where you're training a new model or you're doing inferencing at the edge. And if you don't have high-performance architecture that's all connected end-to-end, -end, including the storage, which is a very important part of it, high-performance storage, we, we actually look at it as a very critical element of that, that allows our customers to do real-time inferencing, to maintain this high volume of data that we're seeing across all these AI workloads and the volume of data is important that we need to now have an end-to-end -end solution that is fast, that's performant, handles the I.O., but also can handle the new applications that customers are trying to build. Yeah. So, you know, high-performance architecture is very essential and it's like a core part mm -hmm. of that broader puzzle of successfully deploying AI solutions. Yeah. But I want you to speak a little bit about how, you know, data and data governance are also very important aspects as well. Yeah, no, good question. So data, um, we look at this data as the lifeblood of, of AI, really. Uh, without data, um, and especially there's characteristics of data, we look at it really in terms of almost a maturity curve. And we see 
a mature data strategy is one of the most important elements of having a successful AI outcome. We see a lot of customers who are investing in a data strategy. They come to us and they want to talk about it. They have disparate data sources. They have data that's maybe in the cloud, on-prem, at the edge. Um, and what we see it as is we want to help them essentially leverage the data. And the data, as I mentioned, Lifeblood, and leverage that data properly, it's cleansed, it's converted, it's, it's utilized in a way that we take that, maybe that unstructured data and, and leverage it in a way that can be used in the AI outcomes and in a way that most customers today have lots of data and they're not using most of the data that they have today. Mm -hmm. And it's important that the right data is used, not just all the data. So part of that process is setting up a maturity curve, helping with a customer where they're at today and how to take them into that next evolution of their maturity within the data organization. Yeah, I love that idea that it's the lifeblood or sort of that fluid and it's got to be, the data's got to be designed to deliver, mm -hmm. you know, the outcomes that you're looking for. Um, but also know that the AI platforms themselves are equally important, right? So speak to yeah. us about those a little bit. Yeah, so um, the AI platforms, as we think about it, we think about not just the infrastructure in terms of this compute and the storage and networking, we're looking at this as a complete ecosystem. So we have in the stack, you typically look at you know, compute and storage and networking on the bottom layer. Moving up the stack, you're gonna get into areas of the AI, essentially orchestration, AI frameworks, libraries, and at the very top you have the applications. But that middle layer is incredibly important. Customers are looking at developing their software, their applications on different frameworks. There's proprietary frameworks, there's open source frameworks, and what we see today is we work closely with um, all, all partners in the space around compute, GPU, CPU utilization, and the, the main uh, success is how quickly and easily they can they adapt to a different platform. And so what we're looking at is you have to factor in the software stack, the software platform is part of that strategy. If we're developing today on CUDA, for example, which is an NVIDIA, uh, open, uh, NVIDIA framework that's used uh, extensively, almost 70% of the market uses it. Um, and a customer wants to you know, bring in another uh, CPU, GPU solution, how can they develop that you know, software and application on that next generation hardware that's maybe not based on CUDA? So we wanna look at all these options and then bring that into maybe our advanced technology center to test and evaluate and then to show how easy it is to migrate. Yeah. So, you know, if we think about having that high, perform high performance architecture environment in place, you know, you yeah. talked about kind of that full stack of all that it takes. And if that's, you know, in place well out there for the, with an organization, what kind of use cases are you hearing from our clients and seeing in the market that people are most interested in tackling with that kind of infrastructure? Yeah, at a very high level, you can start with inference, uh, sorry, training and then inferencing at the highest level. We see a lot of customers that are getting into very domain-specific type of models. So if you're familiar with ChatGPT, yeah. uh, it's based on a very kind of generalized uh, model. So it, it doesn't solve for every specific problem. What we're starting to see and what we should be helping our enterprises and customers with is around those domain-specific examples. So looking at global financials, for example, there's models, there's examples where we're working with those customers to build out um, essentially um, a, a model, a framework that helps their specific use cases, whether it's in financial trading, it's in banking, investments, or even insurance. And they all have unique use cases. And so our goal is to build an architecture 
in mind with those use cases that allows for essentially uh, a training of those models that can help those outcomes. And those outcomes are sometimes very specific in each vertical. Uh, we work with life sciences, for example, uh, looking at a, a specific framework that actually helps detect cancer uh, on an image. And in parallel with the, the medical team, they're working collectively, not replacing necessarily, but collectively working to figure out and accelerate the, the treatment or at least identification of maybe tumors as an example. And so mm -hmm. these, are, these are examples how customers are using it. And in a architecture, we wanna allow that flexibility. So if we're building an architecture, let's say for uh, an inferencing model, that same architecture which is part of generative AI, can be used for traditional AI. So we want to have some flexibility where they're still using like recommendation systems in retail. That same architecture can be adapted for inferencing. And what data scientists really want is that flexibility. They want to use the GPUs or CPUs in terms of the workloads and be able to switch and swap those workloads easily. Yeah, well, I want to build on yeah. part of your answer there and, and ask you a little bit about uh, Security and privacy, right? So as you mentioned healthcare, you know, you mm -hmm. mentioned financial services, and you know, many of us know we're playing around with ChatGPT and these engines out on the public internet that a lot of what we contribute probably becomes part of the model. So how is it that clients should be thinking about the high performance architectures from that kind of security and privacy standpoint as well? Yeah, that's uh, that's an area we're exploring right now. One of those areas is really we call enterprise AI security. Mm -hmm. And there's many, many uh, if you look at security in general, there's, it's a pretty diverse and large set of solutions. It's very complex. And there isn't one solution that fits the entire AI model. So what really is, we're looking at the data privacy, as you mentioned, data leakage, data privacy. How do we ensure that that data uh, is done ethically and uh, safely? But we don't want customers to leverage um, an environment that's going to leak that data or mm -hmm. in, in, you know, basically infringe on their intellectual property. So we have a security strategy that involves essentially many layers and areas of that whole AI, it's called HPA framework. So security really goes across all the entire stack of AI uh, or HPA. And so we, we look at it from the networking to the compute to the storage to the actual um, optimization tools we're leveraging and figuring out ways that we can ensure that data is kept safely, securely, and not, not leaked out. And, yeah. and so that's not a separate thing you're thinking about over here. It's just sort of woven into the exactly. thoughts throughout the high-performance architecture. Yeah, exactly. And we really almost are thinking about looking at HPA as you know, security is really another pillar of that. Yeah. It really should be. And I think that's what we, what we talk to customers are starting to talk to customers about is how do we ensure that we're talking security in every conversation because it is important, even in the public cloud or on-prem, there is security and how we wanna address that is very important to the HPA strategy. Yeah, all right. Well, so imagine that you know we're sitting down with a new client, a new customer, right, for the first time, uh, and they're looking for advice from us about high-performance architecture AI. Like, what, what's the first body of advice that you give about it? What are the, like, all right, here are the, here are the three yeah. things, the five things you really gotta think about. What do you tell them? Yeah, no, that's that's really important. We we um, as we talked about HPA, it's it's a lot more than just infrastructure and architecture. It's about the people, and the process, and how do we combine and align these three areas. So the way we kind of look at it is, if you look at a almost a Venn diagram, we see enterprise IT, we see AI practitioners, and we see lines of business, and it's a teamwork, a team effort, and you have to ensure that we're working with at least those three areas of the business 
in a team fashion. It's all that balance between those three groups that's really important. So we might work with the customer on a center of excellence to build out, make sure that's part of the governance strategy. How are you leveraging the data? Back to your data privacy question. Making sure the data is secure, it's, it's, it's um, reliable, it's, uh, you know, and it's the right data. And, and so that is part of kind of one strategy. But one thing that I want to emphasize, if we look at some research that's out there, I've heard if customers are investing and in looking into AI, next-gen AI strategies like generative AI or LLMs, they will have a two, point, two and a half times uh, chance of raising their revenue by 10%. Hmm by investing in the right infrastructure or architecture. And so that is so important that you have that alignment within the organization, but that also means that how do we help the customer really grow their business? That's really the end goal. We want to help yeah. the customers and whether whatever business it is, we want to make sure that they're, we're, we're aligning with their business goals. So I think part of that is alignment with the different groups um, and also making sure that they're, they're looking and seeing the different uh, goals the same and where those differences are, we help, help with that strategy. Yeah. Well, I imagine a lot of business leaders get very excited about the idea of those numbers you just shared, but mm -hmm. there's a lot of really deep work that has to happen to realize the value, yeah. A lot of, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. All right, well, I know, you know, here at Worldwide Technology, we have our Advanced Technology Center. Uh, we do all kinds of amazing stuff there mm -hmm. with the, the engineers and with clients and proofs of concept and labs and all the things we do. What, what kinds of things are we doing with high-performance architecture at, on the ATC? Yeah, so we're we're excited really about this. This is a uh, something that we've been I've been with Worldwide for 15 years, and we've always had our ATC. It's evolved, and what we're excited about though is taking it to the next level. We're extending our advanced technology center um, and making it more relevant in the AI world. So what we're trying to do right now is we're essentially building in a world class environment that we've already started on. It's already in progress, and the whole goal is to take, for example, that high-performance architecture discussion we talked about and in a composable fashion. And what I mean by composable is you're essentially taking uh, freely interchangeable components. So if you take, for example, a GPU, which is really the accelerated, the heart of AI today is the graphical processing unit, um, you can easily combine that with a, you know, another type of storage or memory configuration or even a network. And you can move these in and out as you need to. Now that's great for a test environment, it may not sound great for production, the whole point, though, is we can show that and we can show how easily it is to build a great and um, immersive test environment for our customers. Uh, in addition to that, we're having, we have an environment around AI that we can do proof of concepts and labs as a service. And finally, we have a, a platform our, we call the WWT.com platform is where we do a lot of our demos and labs and we show our yeah. customers. And so all of this is coming together through an ecosystem of all some, some of the largest partners we're working with, but even partners that are making this uh, important. One of the area that is uh, important to the HPA strategy is something called uh, work, AI workflow optimization. And we have a partner we're working with in the ATC that will show a customer essentially what's unique about AI workloads and GPU work uh, running on GPUs is they're very spiky and they're very um, unpredictable. So when you have a data scientist that can swap those workloads quickly at the same time, run it on a essentially a Kubernetes replacement that essentially triples or quadruples the amount of workloads you can run on the same hardware. It's pretty powerful. Yeah. So it's all that optimization, that techniques where we want to show at our ATC that can help you know, customers evolve and accelerate their AI journey. Yeah. So if I'm an organization yeah. and, and we're exploring various AI ideas or use cases, it sounds like this 
the ATC in general, and more specifically the HPA, you know, environments that you're describing here would be a perfect, let me, let's come and test these things out before I yeah. go make the investments I need to do the production environment, right? Is that what we're thinking about? Absolutely. So the whole goal of this, this lab is to come in to test, to evaluate, to um, compare, and to design, and learn. And we actually have a learning path that we created. And, and so the whole goal is this is a very multifaceted environment. Uh, one of the important things that um, we, we, we do focus on is, as you mentioned, it's, it's the HPA side, but it's how do, we, how do we combine that into use cases and show our customers meaningful outcomes? And so it's a complex environment. And it doesn't mean that we're just showing this on-prem. By the way, we're connecting into a hybrid and cloud strategy at the same time. So we're connecting into Google, Microsoft, and AWS, and we're showcasing that full end-to-end -end stack across all pillars. In addition to that, we're not just focused on, let's say, the data center um, experts or the enterprise architects. That's a very important part of this. We want those, those people to come in. We have very specific use cases. One example, we're doing thermal modeling. So in data centers, Sustainability is important. Thermal modeling, we can showcase that in our ATC for those people who are really interested in that. For example, your data center architect. But a line of business user or maybe a data scientist might be interested in how we can do ML uh, modeling or they can do fine tuning or in context learning with the various hardware configurations, and we can show that. And at the same time, we can also bring in um, the uh, uh, lines of business and, and other, other teams that can focus on other parts of interest they're looking at from an outcome perspective. So it's, it's looking at all those different personas and they can actually all, all of those leverage our ATC. It's not just 100% uh, the enterprise architects. Okay, so I wanna kind of shift a little bit to, you know, more of kind of a personal topic, right? I know that you're a musician and you, you, know, you play guitar, you play keyboard, and you know, I imagine that the music industry is also looking at all things AI and that there are gonna be some pretty significant impacts to how music's created, how it's distributed, and so forth. So what are you seeing in that space, and how does that you know, fit as kind of a metaphor for some of the other things that you're doing in high-performance architecture, or advising clients, or just generally what you're seeing that the world's gonna be doing with, with AI? Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, so <laughs> I do I do play. Uh, not sure if I can uh, hold my own. That's, that's why I need the AI to help. Uh, <laughs> right. and, and, one, one, not to kind of tie back to composability, I think of you know, our composable lab and the HCC and thinking about composing music. Um, there's plugins. You, know, you mentioned you work with uh, like a digital audio workstation. Mm -hmm. So this is the software that you can you know, record, compose, and, and, and really write music and songs. Uh, what is happening is there's, it's, it's avoidable. You know, AI is going to be part of music and, and art in, mm -hmm. in the future, and it already is. Um, but what's great is you, you're still the artist. Yeah. I can still control what I want to build. I still am the one who essentially is creating the song. What's happening is you have a plug-in that can come in and actually help compose that, compose that song and feed based on your criteria. And, and then you can take it into your digital audio workstation and actually fine-tune it. So some analogies with uh, fine-tuning and everything else and composability, but it really is taking that AI, you know, almost something that, um, has an understanding of, of different music styles and composabilities and arrangements and helping, uh, you know, develop your own art and de developing your own songs. So uh, you see this a lot with podcasts. A lot of podcasts uh, who, who, who create this, they, they use AI to develop their songs and music for the podcast. So yeah. it's all over the place. But um, it's, it's a fun, fun little side hobby. So Yeah, I like it. I also like the idea there that, you know, the... Um 
AI, I think there are those of us out in the world who are like worried that AI is going to sort of take over and yeah. you know, eliminate jobs and sort of change. And, and some of that may happen. But with this music example, which I extend to a broader metaphor, it's like, look, it's going to help you be better at your job and to do the more fun parts of, of your work and your life, right? Do you there think is that's absolutely where we're agree. And there's a lot of questions, to be honest. I mean, sure. How many people must my job in jeopardy? Will I be replaced? And, you know, there are certain jobs you know, eventually, will, you know, might impact certain, you know, areas of our, um, you know, our job profile. The, what we see, though, is really more about productivity. And mm -hmm. I think that's where it's happening. It's actually making us more productive. Um, and you look at Office 365, you look at the co-pilot example, you look at all these numerous examples that are actually helping us becoming more productive. And that's where we think about the customer experience a lot. We think about the user experience. Um, and that's, that's really what we see is happening right now and leveraging that data to um, make us a lot more productive in a way. So yes, there's, there's you know, areas that might be uh, supplemented or in a way, but other areas are gonna be more productive and really help us accelerate. Yeah. And part of that journey is really, if you look at it, um, I have a healthcare, healthcare background, biology major, really passionate in healthcare and life sciences, and I see that field just incredibly tremendous uh, in terms of what's what's out there, the potential there. And I think we're just scratching the surface in, in the healthcare, honestly. So along with the HPA to provide that architecture to really accelerate the, and a lot of this stuff can't be done today with general just CPU um, compute. It has to be done on specialized hardware. Mm -hmm. And that's what's, what's unique about HPA. It's, it's very specialized. It's very almost purpose-built for these types of outcomes, and it's, it's much needed in order to ensure success. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I agree with you on that productivity front. I know that you know, here at Worldwide Technology, we're exploring with a lot of AI tools internally for yes. the same reasons, to really understand what they are, how they work, but also to aid the work that we're doing day-to-day, -to -day too. So are you doing some of that as well? Uh, we're part of the team. We're trying to help uh, internal IT is working on that yep. and working closely with our data scientists. And I think part of our goal is to help uh, architect the underlying architecture for that. So uh, obviously using a lot of development uh, in our ATC to, to provide the foundation for that and then move it in production. Um, and that's one thing that I see, too, just as a final note, maybe another note on this is a lot of customers are what we've seen is around 53 to maybe 60% of customers are struggling moving a, work, uh, a, a workload into production. So moving that model from you know, development into production. So in this example, you mentioned a great one, internal IT, where we're using our own ATC to test and develop it and using the right tools and optimization techniques, then we can leverage, then we can move that into production. So there's a lot of challenges with moving um, an AI model into production or an, an application of production. And part of that is the scalability and obviously the frameworks that you're building. And so in optimization techniques, and um, you almost need an orchestration layer to help with that. So those are the three areas that we're trying to look at and help accelerate in moving those into production. Yep. Well, uh, to wrap our time, I always like to ask our experts to peer into the future, you know, yep. look into the crystal ball. So if you look ahead, you know, two years out, five years out, what are you really excited to see with AI, you talked about some healthcare stuff, but maybe mm -hmm. that or some other areas that you are looking forward to. Yeah, I think in, in the area of just kind of going back to HPA, I think high performance architecture, and there's so many areas you could you could talk about in that uh, one to three, five year vision. It's hard to predict five years at this time because sure. we have we used to do those all the time, draw an architecture five years, what's the roadmap? And so what I see though, really, there's there, the area, one area that I think is changing is there's a shift in the platform. The platform is moving more and more towards that GPU 
um, platform where it handles, it's, it's, it's designed for areas like Gen AI and LLMs. CPUs are not performant as much on that side, and, and it depends on the architecture. But GPUs and the platform, and what we're seeing is not only from a cost savings perspective, energy savings, but also performance. That's, that's kind of a shift we're seeing in data centers, in cloud providers, in our enterprise customers moving towards shifting that platform. And along with that, we're seeing, I think, another thing that I'm excited about is making it easy. Making it easy for data scientists to um, accelerate back to the point about moving a, um, AI workload in production. You, you want to accelerate that and make it easy for all our customers to move. And so we see a lot of automation being built into it. And you're seeing more of these purpose-built kind of um, companies coming out with ML ops pipeline automation using ML to automate the pipelines. And, and so I think a lot of the automation in the future is going to be critical to the success and making it easier for customers to uh, really make AI pervasive. And that's, yeah. that's the key because we, we know there's a skills gap. And the skills gap, uh, not everybody can you know, learn it quickly. And we need to address that via technology. Yeah. Well, Derek, um, really appreciate you joining us today. It's like an exciting time for you and the kind of work that you're doing out there. I'm glad you're here with us at Worldwide. So thanks for coming. Yeah, Matt, thank you so much. Appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you for coming as well. Another great expert session. Uh, we've got a whole library out on WWT.com. Plenty more on the calendar coming up in the future. Uh, if you join us today, you might see a survey coming at you via email. We'd love to get your feedback or feel free to get in touch with myself or Derek uh, through WWT.com www.wwt.com slash events is where you'll find that old catalog of stuff. Thanks for coming today. We'll see you next time.